Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, November the 10th, 2022, getting towards the end of the week. We've been having a rather Japanese week this week. It began on a rather dark note with a book by Steve Kemper, a historian, uh, Our Man in Tokyo, a book about the American ambassador in the 1930s and his futile attempt to make peace between Japan and the United States. It brightened up. A couple of days ago, with a conversation with Richard McCarthy, the founder, one of the founders of the American slow food movement, and a man who spent quite a lot of time in Japan understanding uh, the urban-rural reconnection, um, the Japanese vision of this and how the Japanese are, um, are, are bridging the gap between the countryside and the city. And... Um, our Japanese Renaissance continues today with a conversation with uh, one of Japan's best-known writers, uh, their leading self-help thinker, Ken Honda, whose book, Happy Money, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money, is uh, one of the big books, not just of this year, but of any year. Uh, Ken is joining us from uh, his mountain retreat, two hours from Tokyo near Mount Fuji, where they're having what he told me was a, a New England-style fall. Ken, welcome. Hello, Andrew, and everybody. I'm so happy to be invited to your show. Thank you. Well, Ken, happiness is our subject. Uh, your book, Happy Money, is an international bestseller. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting concept, and I'm particularly intrigued with the idea of there being, and I'm borrowing from your subtitle, the Japanese art of making peace with your money. What exactly is this Japanese art of making peace with one's money? Uh, I'm teaching uh, a lot about uh, uh, your mindfulness and, and how to turn transform your relationship with money with then uh, with Zen practices so we tend to want more money more newer uh, bigger things but um, if you keep wanting more and bigger and faster you are likely um, going to hell of speeding up um, with no peace so instead of going faster more you can um, turn yourself around and find more peace with money, which is to, um, to know when and how much is enough. Uh, you describe yourself, or at least your marketing materials describe yourself as a, a Zen millionaire. What exactly, mm -hmm. Ken, does a Zen millionaire mean? I think it's about your attitude. It's not how much money you have or how much money you make. It's about um, you feel like you're a millionaire inside and, and, and hopefully outside too. So uh, Zen Millionaire is uh, somebody who makes money or receives money by doing what he or she wants and uh, completely satisfied and uh, peaceful with the money. 
and but unfortunately most of us try to chase money and and uh, uh, to bring food on the table or sometimes we don't do things that we don't really like or agree but in order to uh, survive we tend to bend ourselves to to bring money uh, for our survival which really disturbs our peace Ken, I'd like you to talk to a little bit more about Zen philosophy and the religious nature, perhaps, of your work and your thinking. Of course, the most famous book on money and spirituality in Europe and the West and the United States is Max Weber's Protestant ethic that suggested that money indicated to Protestants, early Protestants, Calvinists and Lutherans, the idea of salvation. I'm assuming that Zen philosophy in a religious sense is, is almost the opposite of uh, Weber's notion of the Protestant ethic. Is that fair? I think so. Um, my philosophy has been based on uh, many of the teachings of Zen master. And one of them is uh, Wahe Takeda, who used to be called Warren Buffett of Japan. He is one of the um, wealthiest person in Japan and he was once a shareholder of, major shareholder of more than 100 public companies. He taught me a lot about uh, money and peace. And uh, while I was uh, learning from him, I learned a, a lot about investing and also um, dealing with money. And the most important thing is appreciate your money um, being in your life. But in doing so, uh, you can start this cycle of appreciation in your life. And so it, even just a, a simple dollar coming into life can be welcomed and appreciated. But oftentimes we take things for granted. So um, with this Zen background, the enlightenment is finding a joy um, in every second of our life, awakened life. And so uh, Zen money is uh, that something that touches your heart and feels um, happy when you receive it. And also when you spend our money, uh, brings us uh, so much joy because the money we're spending is uh, blessing somebody um, in, in the society, at least uh, the person we're paying to and the money circulates around. So when you look at money that way, money is energy. And so you can take a look at uh, your financial life through the eyes of energy. Um, is that a, a lot of fun or is that scary or a lot of stress? Um, so money is neutral energy, but the way you make or receive money um, really decides your peace in your mind. Ken, I wonder though, some critics might be listening to you and thinking this guy wants to, so to speak, have his Zen and spend it. I mean, isn't peace realized when it comes to money through simply trying to live apart from it rather than embracing it. You clearly like money. You're in your mountain retreat. You've made uh -huh. a significant amount of money from the sale of your books and the sale of your services, your online seminars and mm -hmm. your consulting. Nothing to be ashamed of. Some people might argue, and I'm not sure whether this exists in the Japanese cultural tradition too, that there's a certain happiness in poverty in, mm -hmm. um, in, uh, in, in liberating oneself from money and from the preoccupation and worry of money. Why not just go and live in a small 
shack, not worry about money at all? Yes, you can go that way too. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of things come with price. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire to enjoy your, um, your abundance. Uh, but if you want to see the world, if you want to experience uh, art, for example, you need certain amount of money. Um, it, it, it may not require a lot of money, but I think uh, in order to um, live uh, a life of uh, cultural life, for example, it requires some financial background. So what I'm suggesting is not a minimum life. Some people can go that way and uh, you can avoid all financial transactions. Um, some of my friends live that way. So it's, it's more like a, a happy hippie life. Um, that is also uh, Zen, uh, but uh, I think the modern Zen can be uh, finding your financial independence and also uh, you can be free from money, <clears throat> not spiritually, but also number-wise. So um, that way, you don't have to think about money. You don't have to be bothered by day-to-day -day financial stress. If you try to go minimum uh, life, uh, certain things can be stressful because if you don't have financial resources, um, you have to uh, do something to um, make both ends meet. But the choice this is- idea your... of uh, kind of making peace with your money, and that's P-E-A-C-E -E rather than P-E-I-C-E. -E. Yes. Um, does that suggest that for most of us, we think of money as a kind of enemy and that the challenge is, is making peace with it, being perhaps realistic, not imagining that it's always escaping us not imagining it as a kind of enemy? You know, my favorite question to people is, if money was a person, who would it be? You know, is that a scary person? Or is that uh, a, a gentle, generous, um, kind person? Uh, depending on your life experiences so far uh, and a child, uh, child upbringing, you may think money is a scary monster. For some people, money is such a generous person who helps you to do whatever you want to do in your life. So um, if money was um, uh, your best friend, uh, you can feel very peaceful and follow your dreams. So my ideal life is uh, money becomes there. Uh, but unfortunately, for many people, money is frozen like ice. And when it uh, warms up, it still becomes water, which requires a certain kind of management. If there's too much water in your life, it could become flood. If you inherit a lot of money, it could wash away your kids. And if you don't have enough, uh, which is like a minimum lifestyle, uh, minimalist lifestyle, it, it becomes a drought and it's not fun either because you have to constantly worry about money all the time. So uh, what I'm saying is um, not um, going for a millionaire, but have enough financial background. Uh, either you you bring your um, income high or cost down. Uh, but either way, you find uh, you can find financial peace and also certain independence. 
Ken, uh, we're talking on a day, and these days seem all too often these days, where cryptocurrency and Silicon Valley is crashing again. Uh, crypto, cryptocurrency seems to be increasingly exposed as a fraud. A lot of people were very seduced by it. A lot of people have lost a lot of money. Some people have lost all their money. Uh, in terms of the, the Japanese art of making peace with your money and in your book, Happy Money, what are you suggesting to people who believe that one can make significant fortunes from uh, speculative ventures like cryptocurrency? Are you warning people about their dangers, about them being too seductive? Or are you suggesting we simply need to approach them with the right attitude in the right frame of mind, like Zen millionaires as you are? So um, I, I, have, or I have warned about the up and down of cryptocurrency. Unless you have enough financial background, you should stay away from it because uh, something like that pulls out the best and the worst of you. So um, uh, the worst part is greed. Uh, greed um, can make people crazy. And if you think that uh, you can be a millionaire in a matter of months, you may want to speculate with your money. But uh, gamblers, are destined to fail. They, they, they're destined to lose a lot of money um, in the process. So ideal situation is um, you can do something that excites you the most to serve people. By serving people, uh, you receive money as a result, as a, as a thank you note to you. My mentor, Wahi Takeda, uh, he, he, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, he he used to sell candies for, for babies, cookies for babies. So they melt in their mouth. And, and he used the best ingredients possible uh, because it's gonna be melt, it's gonna be eaten by babies. So, and uh, each candy probably costs like a cent or maybe two cents. So he's making very, very little money by one transaction. But by making many babies happy, by making many parents happy, he accumulated wealth. So um, if you have um, uh, made enough service to the world, you may receive, you may well receive the money. Uh, that is a thank you money. So um, it doesn't make you go crazy. But if it's a fast money, easy money, that can deteriorate your work ethics and also your attitude toward money. And, uh, and uh, more greed uh, fees uh, more greed. So um, I, I know a person, um, an acquaintance of mine who was into cryptocurrency and uh, he, made, uh, he made so much money with cryptocurrency, he could have sold everything and then he could have kept it. Uh, he, he could have lived on the, uh, the asset for the rest of his life, but instead, he turned uh, from Bitcoins to um, bought something else and then lost everything. So greed does that kind of thing to you. So you have to really watch out. Is this, um, is this coming out of greed or coming out of love? If it's love for clients and customers, it's going to bring you happy money. But if it's not, uh, it's just a greed and greedy, unhappy money that could destroy people's lives. 
Ken, it's interesting you talk about service to the world and the love of money being not a thing in itself, but mm -hmm. uh, something that enables the ability to give back to the community. In the West, the model of somebody like Andrew Carnegie or, or mm -hmm. Bill Gates, or Mark Zuckerberg, is to spend half your life aggressively making money and then the second half of your life giving it away. Uh, what, does a, what does a Zen millionaire say about that Carnegie Gates model? Is it too, um, too dichotomous, too different? Should one focus rather than on either making or giving money away, try to do them simultaneously? You know, you, uh, I'm not saying uh, uh, certain things are right or wrong, but if you want to find peace, <clears throat> you can focus on giving and sharing. So by sharing what you have, uh, not necessarily mean financial value, but um, who, sharing who you are. By sharing who you are as a chef, as a coach, as a teacher, as a doctor, or as a janitor, um, whoever, um, whoever you are, by sharing uh, the core essence of who you are, um, people pay you money. One of my friends started as a, as a janitor and he loved, he loved and he loves uh, cleaning the toilet. You know, uh, you know uh, toilet cleaners, those cleaners, uh, they don't make a lot of money, right? But he loves cleaning uh, toilet. So um, whenever we go on a, on a trip, he comes back late, uh, and I ask him, "What? Why? Why did you um, uh, take so much time? Because it took like ten minutes for his bathroom break." And uh, he was smiling, and I just couldn't help uh, cleaning the toilet because it was dirty. So he is cleaning the public bathroom without getting paid. It's his life. Uh, he ended up inventing uh, gadgets and tools for cleaning the toilets. And now he goes to companies to teach how to clean the toilets and how to be, how to have, uh, um, how to find happiness. So he's another uh, Zen bodies who just teaches about uh, how to find joy and peace by cleaning toilets. So you can do all kinds of things, but the key is to serve. Key is to find who you are and share who you are with others. And that will turn into happy money. What are you, the toilet cleaning example is fascinating, Ken. I have to admit that um, I don't know anyone like that. And I think it, it, it's certainly a credit uh, to your social circle. Um, you know, the width of your, your breadth of your social circle. Um, what do you think of people like Gates? or Zuckerberg, who on the one hand seem to be very aggressive, perhaps too aggressive, and sometimes mm -hmm. even verging on the illegal in terms of how they made money, and then enormously generous in their ability to give it away. What do you think of Andrew Carnegie's wisdom that it's irresponsible for a rich man to die rich? Mm -hmm. So I Immoral rather than irresponsible. Mm -hmm. I respect them as much as I respect a janitor um, or somebody who cleans out uh, their uh, driveway every morning uh, so uh, people feel clean and uh, uh, good 
uh, every morning when whenever the uh, pedestrians walk uh, walk on this on his uh, sidewalks. So I respect and I give my um, um, my respect to, to those who serve people. Uh, it, that doesn't um, mean that the more money they share is better. It's about uh, how he or she shares. So whoever shares a part of his or her life, I just take off my hats and just bow to them. Uh, so um, um, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg, they found happiness in sharing their wealth, which is great. So, uh, but we don't have to be a super billionaire to share our wealth. Um, so you can share $10, $5, even a quarter with uh, people uh, who are in need. And that is as great as sharing billions of dollars. You talk about the key being to serve. Uh, our responsibility is to serve. It seems a very Zen idea, a very Japanese idea. Um, the, the narrative of your book, Happy Money, was that you were 29 when you first quote unquote retired to welcome your, your newborn daughter. Mm -hmm. And then you had this experience in a, in a park with a mother and a child, which triggered um, the writing and research for Happy Money. So two questions on that. Firstly, what happened? And mm -hmm. secondly, do you see Happy Money itself, the, the book, as a kind of service? And is it both uh, the message, the proof of, 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 of the message uh, in, in Happy Money? Are you acting out happy money as your life itself, a model of happy money and the act of writing the book? Is that proof of the philosophy in the book? Thank you for asking. So it's many years ago. Um, so my daughter was three or four at the time. Uh, we spent all day, on, and, and her mother and my wife, we spent all day in the park. And uh, one, one time, it's about um, uh, toward... Uh, um, evening time, uh, afternoon, so it's like three or four o'clock-ish. Um, it was such a beautiful day. And a mother and uh, uh, her daughter came into the swing. And the daughter is a, as old as my daughter, and she was so enjoying the swing, like four or five times. And then her mother said, okay, that's enough. We, we got to go. And the daughter says, we just got here, mommy. You know, I, I want to do more. But uh, her mother said, no. Your mom has to go to work, so we're going. So she was literally drugged um, uh, her daughter and then took her away. She was crying, and it really broke my heart because I know she she wouldn't mind doing for another ten minutes or fifteen minutes or maybe an hour, but because of her mother's work, she had to leave. And I then I wondered why is that? It's because she doesn't have enough money to have a rest or she doesn't have flexibility. Uh, she could have called the office, hi, my daughter is enjoying swing uh, so much, so I'm, I'm gonna be late, you know. That is not really a good excuse these days. So I thought maybe if, I, if she could know more about money and ha, um, ha, somehow she uh, finds out the way to uh, have uh, some money uh, set aside she could enjoy a little more time with her daughter. That really gave me the inspiration to write. So as a um, re 
uh, as a symbol of my sharing, I started printing uh, free booklets for people who want to have happiness and uh, money at the same time. And I started giving away uh, for free. And uh, my first 3,000 copies of my free booklets disappeared in a matter of weeks. And I printed another 5,000, another 10,000. By the time I gave away 100,000 physical copies of my booklets, a publisher called me and they asked me to write a book. And the rest is a history. I, I kept writing. It just, uh, writing is my inspiration because this is how I serve the world. And so far, I've sold 8 million copies, physical copies of my books. And uh, I'm, with the money, I've been doing a lot of charity too. So um, this is my passion. And I don't get paid for uh, interviews like this, but um, I'm so happy to share my idea. It doesn't cost you anything to appreciate your money coming in and going out. But by doing that, you definitely transform your life. So I hope if you just uh, feel enough curiosity, I hope you start appreciating the money in your life. By doing that, this will definitely bring peace in your life. Ken, as you mentioned, you've sold um, more than 7 million books since 2001. Mm -hmm. You're the best-selling author of self-development books in, in Japan. But the book is also quite popular in the West. Mm -hmm. You have uh, almost 2,000 five-star ratings on Amazon. Yeah, that's amazing. That, do you find that your books are read and interpreted differently in the United States or Europe than they are in Japan? Do you have a different kind of readership, a different kind of audience? And I came back from the world tour. Um, I started from Helsinki, Finland, and go west, west, west. And then through U.S. and Australia, I came back. And I have talked to thousands of people on the way, uh, you know, personally, um, uh, about 100 uh, or maybe more. Uh, uh, they gave me interesting feedback. So anthropologically, you know, I'm fascinated with how my book has been uh, received. Uh, it's different in North America and in Asia and the Arabic world. So I, I, so I enjoy, it's nothing good or bad, but I'm enjoying the way that people receive. And, and the concept of happy money uh, for some people is to spend less if you're a spender. And if you're a gambler, you gamble less. And if you're a compulsive moneymaker, uh, you just take a week, one week of vacation with the family. And then happy money has a different effect on different people which I truly enjoy. What do you think, though, of self-help books or people like Donald Trump who argue that it's good to make money and it's good to spend it, and he and his ilk certainly spend it? Do you find that rather distasteful? Um, I respect people's uh, choice. You know, um, it's like eating. You know, if some people eat a lot and release a lot. And some people are big, some people are uh, thin, and it's how they choose to live. So some people, um, uh, they, their body requires a lot of uh, food, or they love eating, so they go big, 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 and then they have this weight issues. Money is the same thing. 
if you keep eating, 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 which is more income, more asset, and and, uh, and suddenly, uh, it, uh, if you uh, uh, become uh, wealthy, uh, somehow it gives you a thirst. So you're thirsty. So by drinking seawater, or when you're drifting on the boat in the sea after wreckage, you know, um, it's a vicious cycle. So unless you um, know when is enough, um, it keeps you very thirsty and you stay thirsty or hungry. So you have to know when is enough, how much food is enough. Uh, money and uh, food are very uh, interesting um, for us. Uh, we could uh, easily abuse it. And then uh, if we abuse food and money, um, we have to pay the price. By yeah, it's interesting that you talk about food because uh, McCarthy in his book and in um, and in, uh, in Cooney talks about the role of food in Japan in bringing the countryside and the town together. You seem a particularly patient man, Ken, a very calm man. Uh, you are indeed, as, you, as your marketing material suggests, a Zen millionaire, maybe a Zen billionaire. Do you ever lose your temper? Do you ever get angry? Are you ever ashamed with your own behavior? I do. I do a lot. Um, I have found peace because I'm I'm trying to balance out um, at least 10, 20, 30 times a day. So whenever somebody says, Ken, you're incredible, you're God, uh, I try to balance out by telling me I'm not God, I'm terrible, I'm, I'm such a liar, you know, I, I cannot stay with my integrity, and then I can balance out. If somebody criticizes me like you're terrible, you're a liar, then I'll say to myself, Ken, you're such a lovely person. You're so great and you're so respectful. So I just go back and forth like that. And I get, sometimes I lose patience. You know, um, the other day I was in a long, long queue, long line to get a ticket. And, and then somebody cut in. Mm. And then this is a time to practice my patience, right? So I try to imagine maybe her daughter gets sick, so she has to hurry. Mom, but she looks so healthy, so her daughter must be healthy too. Then I have to think maybe her grandmother is dying, so she needs to get the tickets right away. So by entertaining these ideas, I just smile, and then it's okay. If she wants to hurry, I'll, I'll give her my space. So I always practice um, what I teach. and uh, Or and, try, uh, as you say. You yes, I give it a try. It seems the heart of the matter is generosity. This is a book about happy money which doesn't fetishize money, but fetishizes the idea of generosity. You're suggesting if we can indeed lead generous lives on every front, then our money will be happy too. You're, you're so right. And Andrew, I, I so respect and admire your beautiful questions. And you're so deep. And uh, thank you for understanding the depth of- you haven't, Ken, you haven't got my bill yet. Many dollars. <laughs> Yeah, you're so amazing. And uh, I so appreciate this deep conversation because, you know, um, money can mean so many things. It's money is a chameleon. So I hope uh, people will not be afraid of money. And um, if you try to find peace, money can be your best friend to support you in any way um, you want. So I, I hope people... Um, come out of this frustration and anger yeah. that somebody is not doing right. 
you know, we may get upset toward our president, prime ministers, or local government, or other companies that we work for, but um, you cannot find peace that way. You have to find peace in inside. So, um, Andrew, thank you for uh, supporting me to share my ideas. You're uh, so amazing. It's interesting. You seem to be steering us between an obsession with the accumulation of money and obsession with giving money away. It's a wise yeah. philosophy, a Zen millionaire or billionaire, Ken Honda, the author of Happy Money. Fascinating conversation. Ken, congratulations on uh, all your success mm -hmm. uh, and the book. Uh, it's a great read for anyone interested in Zen philosophy and, um, and, and, and the Zen attitude towards money. Well worth reading. Uh, finally, Ken, what else do you read? I'm sure you're a, seem to be a wise man. What other books do you really enjoy? What would you suggest to our viewers and listeners? You know, I, I love reading. So um, recently, I'm fascinated with the book uh, titled Die With Zero. And I love the idea, you know, can we die with zero money? Uh, I think that true master dies with zero money. Um, my, my student's mother passed away a few years ago and she calculated how much it cost to do uh, the funeral and the hospital bills. So she gave um, whatever is left over to her grandchildren, four grandchildren. And when, uh, her, when after she passed away, my friend calculated how much money she left and she left only $8 in the bank account. And I think it's so beautiful. We accumulate so much money for nothing uh, uh, because we are so afraid of having, running out of money when we die. So we accumulate money too much. So uh, you have to start spending if you're over 60, but we are so afraid because um, we feel like nobody is going to help. But if you have great relationships with people, you don't have to be afraid of money. Um, and you don't afraid to be afraid of um, running out of money. So just um, try reading the book, Die With Zero, and uh, see how it makes you feel. 